I started recording, just to let you guys know. Uh, this is uh, Commander Chig. Uh, this is the Lucifer's podcast, the Lucifer's Scurious podcast there was. There was about to be just uh, Teflon and Chig show again today, but instead we got a special guest. So we'll start by going around the table and we'll start with a special te- guest. How are you tonight, Mr. Uh, Mr. Trax? Oh, I'm doing okay. I uh, just finished up my other podcast and raced down here because I actually did want to discuss this with you guys. <laughs> and I, so I was excited that you had started late. Yeah, well, uh, Teflon said we were going to upset people again because neither of us played the game and stuff. And I actually played this week and I watched what you're excited to talk about and I'm kind of excited to talk about it. So it was kind of actual elite content to talk about this mm-hmm. week. So it's it's kind of cool. Um, we'll compare so, notes. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about you, Teflon? What's up in your world? You can go all over the world and not see nothing as bad as this right here. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. It's all good. It's all good. We're, uh, uh, I'll just run through real quick so yeah. we can get to the stuff. Uh, uh, we're going to my wife and I were working on a uh, putting together a uh, redecorating and redoing, pretty much remodeling the bedroom, and then I'm I'm doing a and she's kind of taken over that, so you know whatever she wants in there I don't care, but I get to remodel the bathroom, and what I'm doing in the bathroom is I'm going to paint all the walls hunter green, and then I'm decorating it, I'm turned into a Jurassic Park bathroom. Like, so I found all these, like, cool signs of, like, warning raptor area and, like, uh, Tyrannosaurus toilet paper holder and, like, a, a, a cat riding on top of a Tyrannosaurus uh, for the shower curtain. I'm going to have vines hanging down over the doorway, sort of like those old, like, beaded curtains from, like, the 60s. Then uh, the bathroom gets all hot and steamy. It'll be like you're in, a, in the you tropics. Go. I like it. I got a, I have a, I have a light up Jurassic Park logo on order that I'm going to put on the wall over by the mirror, uh, uh, and <laughs> I found a, uh, uh, I found a, a, a sensor audio player to, um, that I can, that I can hook up to my computer and do and put custom audio into. So I can't wait to play around with making custom audio files for, for that. It's so going to be it'll great. Like- It'll like detect when you walk in there. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, cool. That's going to scare the play crap out of people. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, the other thing, um, is, uh, I found, a I found, uh, on Amazon, a framed picture of that scene in the first Jurassic park where the, the T-Rex knocks down that, the outhouse with the yes. lawyer sitting in there on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm putting that right behind there. That's good stuff. So good. When you said, so what I'm doing in the bathroom is (laughs) there was one of these little like classic internet pauses. And I know that's not going to come out on the recording because the recording's going to like smooth over it. But on my end, it was like, so what I'm going to do in the bathroom is, or what I'm doing in the bathroom, whatever it is you said, it was like a little gap right there. I was like, oh, oh, he's remodeling (laughs) it. Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) I get to remodel the bathroom. So much more clever than what I did when we we remodeled our bathroom and we just went with a, like a spaceship theme in our bathroom. So, you know, I have a picture of the Millennium Falcon on the wall and I've got like, like the history of oh, flight from the side of the Razorback, you know, mm-hmm. I've got from that going across. Yeah. From the expanse, have that going across like the lights above the sink. And, you know, I think there's a picture of an X-Wing and the, uh, Serenity, there's a, a 3D printed Serenity hanging from the ceiling, you know, it's just stuff like that. So it's a whole spaceship theme in my bathroom, you know, nice, spacey, sanitary kind of thing. I didn't go the whole jungle <laughs> direction that you did, which which makes a lot more sense. And I, I like it a lot. I'm jealous. So, oh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited. I think the reason she was like, you know what, just do whatever you want is because of how excited I was to do it. Because <laughs> I, I told her all these plans, and I showed her. I was like, I have a list on Amazon of things. So, like when we pulled when we pulled the trigger on uh, starting the remodel, I was I was like, I'm going to add all this to the cart, you know, and have all these like vines and things hanging down. 
uh, in front of like the toilet area and uh, in the doorway, uh, like a one of those beaded curtain things. So like I'm 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 pumped for it. If you have like vines running and stuff, you know they got big leaves on them. You should have like some green colored toilet paper on some of those vines. You can pluck and use that to wipe with. <laughs> uh, we're also the tiles in the bathroom are like plain color tiles, so we're getting we're getting a stencil that we're gonna paint them to look like cobblestones, and we're getting some uh, uh, stick down uh, dinosaur footprints for the floor. Wow. I'm getting all new mats and stuff for there. I'm gonna go. I'm going to. I seen a. I seen it on TikTok. Somebody with a Jurassic Park themed <laughs> bathroom, and I, like his was not near as as much planned as mine is now. Like I'm taking it to the next level with all this crap. <laughs> I like it, guys. My bathroom is unthemed. You are boring. Then you need yeah. to get on that. I mean, this is something I have just today learned. I want to be I want to be entertained by more than just my cell phone. When I go to the bathroom, <laughs> should be like I come a, to my bathroom. You get roared at by a T Rex, or maybe I'll just have it play that scene, the audio of that scene where Nedry gets killed by the Dilophosaurus. <laughs> wow! All right. By the way, have you guys ever read? Speaking of Jurassic Park, have you guys ever read the Jurassic Park book? Like just the first one, a gazillion it, years ago. It is yeah. so much more violent than yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. There's lots it is of stuff like, in there. That's like a horror book, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he didn't hold back much at all, for sure. Mm-hmm. I read that when I was in middle school. Yeah, I think I, I was th- in high school. I think I was. Well, now I don't gotta figure out. Well, the movie came out I, in '93. Yeah, I was in I the third th- grade in '93, and then when I got in middle school, eventually, it in like 1996 or 1997. Uh, one of those yeah, years is when I, I got it from the library and read it for the first time. I bet it was a similar year for me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. We're I was always, I was age. always further ahead on my reading level anyway. I think I'm going to do, a, I'm going to redo my bathroom theme and I'm going to like paint the bathroom like diagonally and like it's split into two parts and one side have like all Apple themed stuff, and the other side have like all Samsung themed stuff. So it's like you're like in this warring cell phone store. I think that <laughs> might be an interesting bathroom That's theme. So I got weird. an idea. That is a very <laughs> weird, weird bathroom theme. <laughs> Do it all bright colors be... and flashing lights like a rave. So every time you go to the bathroom, you're in a rave. Is there going to be somebody in there pressuring you to sign a contract with like free phones? No, and stuff? no. But if you're on one side of of the room, the speakers are sensitive enough that you go, okay, Google, it'll put you in contact with with an Android phone salesman. And if you're on the other side of the room, you say, what is it, Siri? Is that the Apple one? I don't even know. I don't use Apple shit. It is. It is. On the other side of the room, yeah. And then you can have – I'll do like – Teflon was thinking – I'm just coming up with this off the cuff, so just go with it – how he was going to have stuff recorded. I'll have stuff recorded where like the Google assistant and the, and the Siri start arguing with each other, like, you know, fighting parents or no, like from airplane, remember an airplane when they were fighting over the intercom at the beginning, that, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that for sure. I, I, I'm sure there's some oh form of audio somebody's made of those two fighting each other. Yeah, I know they that. did it with Siri and Cortana. Yeah. Well, all right, all right. Now we're we're on a we're on a pressure here because we might only have tracks for a little while, so we we, we should yeah, probably get run. moving. Enough bathroom talk. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh boy. All right. Should we do a squad up? Well, none of the squad guys are here. I'll do squad update real quick. Uh, the concert. Okay, squad update. Um, we're doing stuff. It's on our Discord. Go see it. Blooming Wind and Nurgle, those guys, they put in a lot of work giving stuff to do and, and getting our stuff going great. Go show up, help the squadron, kick some ass. There we go. Squadron update is bypassed. Uh, there's, not two, bypassed. there's two wars we and there's some other stuff. And yeah. there's also Thargoids. They they include our um, local Thargoid targets in uh, this okay. as well. So Once again, we that's going to be in our channel. And we don't have to blow through every everything now. Let's just move up the discussion. And then when tracks have no, to no, leave, we can no, do everything else. No. no, we can do this. It's gonna. I've got a. I got a minute, guys. Let's do that. Okay. I wouldn't have sat down if I only had like ten minutes for you. Um, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, let's let's do the segments. It's yeah. gonna be fine. Let's let's uh well let's do Bard. Who's control? Who's in control of sounds? The sound. Everybody is in control of the sounds. Do you want me to? do I'll it? play I'll Bard. Do it. I'll do it. All right. All right. I think. Wait, is this the right? You yeah, gotta this is the right do the one. train first. You do the train first. Out the board, the King Hattie on the Express. <laughs> Teflon bot loading. You sure this is gonna work? I am the Teflon AI. That's what the contingency plan is for. I can restore order to the express. Contingency plan? You mean the weird sex doll thing? I am equipped for hostilities with other AI. Put me in, coach. Murder, death, kill. Yeah, let's turn it on. You can't be serious. Oh, trust me, it works. Now let's do the recap and resolve this AI problem once and for all. Murder, death, kill. February 20th, Maelstrom Protection Tech undergoes testing. February 23rd, Galnet provides Thargoid War update and Aegis launches Caustic Sync Initiative. That's all for the news this week. Murder, death, kill. Why do I sense danger? Have fun out there. I like it. I like where this is going. Very nice. The plot thickens. If the evolution of the Bard segment means it turns into a freaking radio serial, I am one exactly. on board. Put me I was in, just coach. Thinking the same thing. It's <laughs> it's these. It's the tiny little snippet things, and they piggybacked on another show. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is it was historical. a pleasure. It was a pleasure to send the the Teflon bot over there. So you know. <laughs> I look forward to getting that back, Bard, please. If I ever hear that you're sending a Teflon Bard to my house, trust me, the security perimeter will be set and nothing will be entering this house. There's no <laughs> such thing as a Teflon Bard. There is a Teflon bot. And it's oh. currently at on the Tin Hat Aim Express to help out with this AI problem. So That sounds well, like the least effective way of handling an AI problem. Just saying. I don't know. It's pretty violent. You don't want to take any chances. You saw what happened with the Guardians. There is that. All right. I mean, that's why you heard. We were. I was fixing it when we were going off the air last week. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we're following that up. We got a treat where we have another segment this week. Uh, we got uh, Grover Kiwi has a one for us this week too, right? And we finally have the correct audio. <laughs> I figured we just Groundhog Day and keep playing the same one over <laughs> and over. <laughs> <laughs> so with we this, I think it's correct this time. Okay. This one only has one audio file to play, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. We don't have okay. a cool I don't have a separate from the intro for him yet. Because he always does his own fun stuff. So I'm it's basically it's in his hands. Alright, gotcha, gotcha. Alright. Here we go. Wee. Space. It may be ginormous. But there's really only room for one Teflon, thank you. And this is the Exploration Report. We're going back to basics for commanders new to exploration. And so this week's topic is the jump, honk, scoop, scan, repeat process. Every ship has the ability to jump between systems, honk and scan. Jumping, of course, uses your frameshift drive. And honking is the process of using your discovery scanner to scan a system to identify stars and the number of planetary bodies in the system. You have to bind the discovery scanner, the D-scanner, to a fire group, and it will only work while your cockpit is in analysis mode. Me, I have it bound to my main trigger, that is, the primary weapon. As soon as you come out of hyperspace, you can start honking the system, regardless of whether you're exploring or just moving around the bubble. Honking the system will earn you data that you can sell to Stellar Cartographics. The next step is the scoop, fuel scooping. For that, you need to ensure you have fitted a fuel scoop to your ship. Without one, you won't be exploring very far. Any star types in the acronym KGB foam are scoopable. You fly close to the star until your fuel scoop starts scooping and stay away from the red line around the star designating the exclusion zone. The point where you'll crash out of supercruise and the star will try and cook you. 
Our recommendation is to fit the biggest fuel scoop you can. It will save you tons of time in the long run. Although you can sit in one place while scooping and do other things, you need to remain in supergrues and it takes a bit of practice to find a good place to sit while your ship refuels and not build up too much heat. The next process is the scan using the FSS scanner, the full spectrum system scanner. The default keyboard command is the apostrophe key to enter and exit. This is another core module of every ship and allows you to identify planetary bodies, their characteristics, signal sources such as fleet carriers and asteroid clusters. Once again, you'll need to be in supercruise and analysis mode to activate this system. It's basically a frequency bar overlaid on a portion of the system you're in. You can pan around the system to point to identified objects and move up and down the frequency bar to identify that object. When you have a match, you zoom in to scan that object. It's a game mechanic that's fairly simple to get to grips with and is quite powerful when you master it. Scanning planets and moons will earn you more cartographic data you can sell. It also fills your system map with the details of all the bodies you scan, along with information to help you decide if there's anything worth investigating further. The life of an explorer is filled with a lot of jump, honk, scoop, scan, hence the repeat part. It's just how it goes. The more you do it, the more you'll refine your process until it becomes second nature and you'll find yourself flying into systems in the bubble you've been to a thousand times still honking, even though there's no real benefit to it. It just becomes part of your muscle memory. In the show notes is a link to the full spectrum system scanner page on the ED wiki. And next time, we will look at it a little deeper, along with the planetary scanner. This has been the Exploration Report, coming to you live from the future, future, future. My wife thinks I'm funny. Or was that corny? <gasps> good, good stuff as always. Uh, Grover, you got to come on the show and we can talk exploration with you in in studio. <laughs> Actually, on the show, talk live instead of a recording. Yeah, our, our recording time is like the middle of his day or something. I think sometimes he could actually be here. Yeah, if you just well, want I mean, to I have show bad up news. lunch break. I have bad news for Grover anyway. I mean, there's... There's a bot now, so there's currently two Teflons. Well, Teflon and a Tefbot, so I guess there's still only one. Well, there's been 11 <laughs> prior to you that you murdered. Maybe some of them actually survived. We don't talk about that. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So keep your mouth shut. And how do you know that there's not like 13, 14, 15, 16 walking around out there? We don't talk about that either. Ah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, where do you want to go with this, Trax? What do you think? Jump right into it? Um, or, or are we going to yeah, talk about absolutely. that other stuff? <clears throat> Wait, what other stuff? I don't know. There's like in-game news, but that's like dev news, right? Thargoid report? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is I didn't write anything else down besides what happened on okay. the live stream. <laughs> well, Thargoid bug report is, well, that's what we're going to be talking about anyway, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah jump right into it. Uh, the floor is yours, sir. All right. Well, okay, so there was this... Uh, Frameshift Live 26 happened, and their guest was Tom Kewell, who has been on lots. He's the giant tall guy, senior game designer. Um, so he comes on specifically to talk about um, the Thargoid War scenarios, and they kind of he kind of took it through. You've seen it, you saw it just today, right? So you actually yeah. have a little more fresh, but like um, he took it through almost from a historical perspective, not, 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 I shouldn't say it like that, but like, you know, the different sorts of things that we had and then the maelstroms came and all the, you know, and, and things like that and, and how it's mo main focus of it was on like how it's expanded to where we are now, as far as how scenarios work. So I, I came into this, like we had done um, some experimentation the last time I played um, based on this, thing that I talked with uh, Frontier Support about, right? About like you, the missions don't seem to line... I mean, I had this other question for them, but like the missions don't seem to line up with where the Thargoids tend to spawn. You know, if I pick up a mission at a, this conflict zone we're at a base and it's for four Medusas, how come I can never find four Medusas in the conflict zones? And they tell me essentially, 
uh, as I said before, that they the the station based conflict zones are kind of considered to be easy mode. They are kind of the lowest risk mm-hmm. scenarios out there. So I started thinking, you know, and, and besides the other, you know, conflict zones that are marked high intensity, just going out to normal space, or just trying out some of these other scenarios, like uh, AX weapons fire seems to have different threat levels. And we played a bunch the other night, found, you know, threat eight uh, AX weapons fire and things like that. And we did find quite a few interceptors. We actually managed to complete a, a five basilisk mission only took us um, an entire evening, but yeah. Although we did spend a bunch of time on it working on a hydra, only to lose the instance later. Because the trouble with these things is they're ad hoc instances, so they're harder to keep open. And I don't know. I guess that falls again under the category of risk versus reward, right? But yeah. it's well, it's you know. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, you know, before we get into what he said about how some of these instances work and stuff. I mean, a lot of my annoyance with the game lately has been the fact you know that these missions are so freaking bizarre you know you get this mass you know it's like kill six basilisks five hydras you know however many medusas it's just yeah. kind kind of bonkers and trying to get those done and that was what we were doing the other night is trying to figure out how we could get you know get those if killed. they and lined on- them up i could do them but they don't. That's that's the thing. There, it's hard to find. You have to work to find one. Well, I think what I took away from that the other day is: wait, do you get interdicted and then just fight because stuff just keeps coming in? And yeah, that's when it's, we it's started the best getting way to what do we it, wanted. It is, yeah, it is still randomized, you know, and we weren't always getting. So you know, a high number of Medusas, you know, they they take. Um, well, I, I mean, in a group, they don't take that long to kill, I guess. But like. The thing is, like, you, you have all this super cruise time kind of finding mm-hmm. them. You could just drop in a normal space or get interdicted or something. Um, there's the additional difficulty of them being ad hoc instances. You have to be in a wing. You can't just be at a place where other people could be joining in, like the conflict zones. Um, it's it's a lot less convenient. Um, so I have that kind of baseline. Yeah, I'm annoyed by that. I think it's I feel like it's not quite working right. And I feel like the missions need a reconfigure still. You know, I, maybe I, I drop agree. the rewards down and drop the requirements down. Something, you know, if if the missions were for one Medusa and the rewards were lower, you know, instead of having ten units of G5 materials, they could be three or five or something. Um, that would be something that you could easily complete one or two of those in a casual play session and be fine. Um, but as it stands now, it's sort of like the threshold for completing anything is really, really high. Um, so that's what I was thinking. Um, and well, I'm coming what into I this. came away from, yeah. yeah, just once again, is now after listening to what Tom said today, I'm really thinking of missions apart from that. I think missions are just kind of a busted mechanic right now for, I don't mm. know, for, from, I don't this is another thing that I came away with just jumping ahead just a little bit in my mind. I was going to mention this later. Is I almost feel like the type of players we are, you know, going and trying yeah. to find those missions and running into Cyclops. Cyclops is like killing boars in World of Warcraft or something. It's so pointless and boring for us. Exactly. <laughs> that, that They are kind of it. I understand so many players killing a Cyclops is still very difficult or they haven't done it yet and but once like they say with Thargoid fighting is it's hard until it's not and that's kind of where we're at so what we're doing we're, we're, we might be playing the wrong game when we're doing some of this stuff and we'll get into that with cool again but I'm kind of just I'm so stepping away from the whole mission problem I'm kind of think I'm done being mad at that because I think if we <laughs> wanted to go do missions and do it for um, engineering mats and the extra credits and stuff. The way I would do it is we would fly around and take turns getting interdicted and then getting an instance that way, and you'll eventually get everything you need. It's just going to take time. Yeah. And, man, you don't even have to get interdicted. You can just pop, you know, a million meters away from the station and kill and your super there. Yeah. yeah. Just sit it's there the same, and wait. It's the same yeah. as being interdicted because they'll be there in a moment. Um, Tef, did you um, did you watch the the segment on the stream? Uh, I did, but I was a little bit. I was I was also doing um, doing stuff while mm-hmm. I was listening into it. Um, right on. So, okay. um, all right. I, I, I missed to... I missed some things too. So sure. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm agreeing with, with Chig here. Like the, the interview, like that's the feeling that I went into it with was I was sort of mad about these missions and the interview made me feel like, okay, I need to like take a few days and my dogs are freaking out. My wife's probably home. I need to take a few days and take a little break or something and come back at this and try to have a little bit of a reconfigured mind because when they, when they're designing this, um, these scenarios, all of this stuff, he's talking about these just random things that you see, uh, you drop into convoys or whatever and, and find that they have had, um, they've just come from a Thargoid fight and they're repairing each other. And the scenario is that you help them repair or fight off whatever Thargoids, you know, scouts show up. If you keep them fended off long enough that everybody gets repaired and leaves, that counts toward the war. Like he's telling us directly. And, and it was so hard for me to, I know those little bits of scripted things like exist and it's this sort of um, light touch storytelling um, that he talked about a lot too. Um, those sorts of scenarios or when they're just patrolling and let's see what's going to come next and okay, we're needed elsewhere and they bugger off. Like that's, that's a completed scenario and it's not obvious that it is. And he's telling us in this, segment that, you know, this all does count toward the war and it's much freer just going, it's it's this go your own way through the galaxy way of being whereas we've had this totally opposite mindset, right, mm -hmm. of like I need to maximize, like I am, a, I am a tool and I need to maximize my precision effort I'm going to kill this many Hydra I'm going to go through this scenario, I'm going to do it very quickly and get that point on the board and we're going to pound this system down and repel the invasion. And there's all this stuff out there that if you, if you come at it from his point of view, just float around, see what flies near you, you know, see what signal sources appear in front of you, drop in and see what's there. Oh, I can defend these people or I can throw them a repair limpet. Or, or, oh, my God, there's an item that we haven't seen before. Why is that there? You know, shit Right. Like He's telling us there's stuff that we're missing because right. just, it just hasn't been noticed yet. And yeah, it actually so, made me yeah. um, more motivated to kind of, like, seek these out, knowing that, one, it counts for the war effort, and, two, like, really knowing that those little story bits or these little um, micro things are um, are out there. Yeah. And, that, and that's the whole thing is I feel like I've been playing the wrong game at the moment. You know, I was saying that this is a sandbox and they just kind of put more stuff in the sandbox. And what he was talking about, I came away with the impression that they're almost finding a way to procedurally generate these scenarios. They're coming up with a bunch of right. different variables, piecing it all together. So when they add some new stuff, it makes for just more variance within all of these scenarios, depending on system state and the location you're at and, you know, all of these little things. And I'm just like, well, Jesus Christ, I'm playing the wrong freaking game. We should have been the other night. And Boobtron is really good for this. He's been doing a lot of the science stuff around the maelstroms mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how stuff works. He's been playing the right game. He's been out trying to figure out how this works. And when we had a full group, the other night we should have just went and just explored these different things and seen what kind of scenarios popped up reason i, I, I haven't I, done it that way just to tell you the truth is because i had lost faith in their ability to do something new and interesting <laughs> i assumed they were just throwing shit at us so well because the the randomness of when i drop into a weapons ax weapons fire detected threat six and sometimes it's some ships fighting something and then sometimes there's nothing i think this game's busted yep. but when tom talks about it he's like there's a, a, a set of, there's like a table and the script is going to pull a scenario from a, a table of possibilities. Sometimes there's almost nothing and then maybe something happens. He, one of them's called a slow ambush. Yeah. Um, another one he called active attack. And these are like code names in the background, right? So when I jump in and see, well, this time it's a completely different thing. He meant for that. And I was so... I think I lost sight of that. Like I think I totally me yep. me from three years ago would have assumed that about this game. Yep. And now I'm like, 
I've been trying to like science this, this conflict zones to figure out, okay, which one pays this amount? Okay, so can I assume that I'm going to see these interceptors here and this one? Well, no, that didn't really work out. And I'm like trying to get this repeatable thing to happen. And they're trying to make things not repeatable. Yep, dynamic and evolving is what they're trying to, yeah, a living universe. And we're, yeah. we're trying to be like, this threat level should have this. And that's not how any of this works. So that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the stuff you were saying before, Chig, like I very much agree with too. And like, I feel like uh, this goes along, this uh, really helps make it feel like more alive. Like you were just saying, a living universe. It really makes it feel uh, more like there's more than just us out there doing stuff. Like it's making you feel like you always see these populations and NPC ships. This really adds to that. Well, that's um, what they said about the NPCs actually affecting the things that happen. Like, you know, how they send uh, repair limpets after you and stuff like that. Or how when we see hear of a, an NPC complaining, oh, keep your eyes peeled, there should be some Thargoids. It's just <laughs> because the moron moved out of radar range and doesn't see Thargoids on his radar. Right, you know? he directly yeah. explains that one yep. that I was or, like, well, I guess I write that bug off. <laughs> or like some of the triggers in some of these instances are like when a certain item is scooped is what will trigger it. And an NPC could right. be the thing that scoops that item you know you don't oh, even no, scoop well, it he, he specifically said that that didn't work yeah well they were trying to get it to work remember what he said is, oh, that, is that what it said? didn't you, work yeah. and then they started that instance again to try to see if it would work you know because he was he was waiting to see if it was going to happen and when it oh, didn't I, thought, I'm, I heard that differently i thought he would i thought it was like a random he was i thought he was checking to see if something else would happen that he wasn't describing and in the meantime he saw this rescue ship whose natural behavior it is to scoop up escape pods. Uh, yeah. But just it, go, oh, sure, I'll grab that one. But the, but it, it didn't trigger. So you're, yeah. You, but when he you grabbed it, it the way that I took it, yeah. yeah, the way that I took it then is when he saw that it go, went to take that, he's like, oh, is this going to trigger it? And when it didn't, he was kind of disappointed. So then they were going to be yeah. like, well, maybe that should trigger it. So they're kind of mm. evolving as they go, which I think is super freaking cool. Okay. And like uh, uh, Trax was saying, um, how he's you know how it seems like there's this random event or random table that throws an event in there. Um, I just want to say, like you know, I can totally see that as being a part of game design because I I had something like that ready to go for you guys in our D and D game, like to where um, you might remember when I asked you guys what about side quests because I had whenever you guys travel down the road. I had a table set up for you guys to roll mm. and certain events could mm-hmm. could trigger for that. Yeah, and that's been a part of gaming forever. It just sounds, yeah, seems like exactly. this is getting insanely complex with what they're doing. So he was talking, you know, there was a bunch bunch of different thing. you know, uh, I don't know, I, paths it could go down. Oh, God, I don't want to use branches or trees or anything with, <laughs> when I talk trunks. about FDF trunks. You know, you got the main <laughs> trunk, and but... But that's kind of what it is. It seems like if something happens, and then if something else happens, and this, you'll get these different scenarios depending on system states and like location, and you know a whole bunch of stuff goes into it, and they keep adding more little things to that, and it really sounds like I said it. It's almost like it's a procedurally generated type thing that they're going with. And they're trying to see what they can do to make this well the galaxy itself, but this war in particular more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, unpredictable would be the way I'd say so that it actually isn't the same thing over and over and over again. Right. So they specifically mentioned things like um, they said, watching a stream and seeing somebody notice that some of the escape pods were unoccupied. Yep. And that was never a thing. (gasps) Special note of that. That's new apparently as of, as of the the start of this war, and so it's like sort of like what's what's happening with that, and I don't know if that's really like, you know, I think that's a separate comment from the like scooping something triggers the ambush, uh-huh. but um, still, like it's it's there. Um, that's a good mystery too. It's like this escape pod is empty, so what's the deal? Is it is it a trap? Is yeah. it um, is there something nefarious going on here? Was there somebody in that? Did it just discharge? Um, by accident, or well, is I it think leftover it's, debris? Is it is it a red herring for something? 
I think it's telling that he even mentioned that, you know, you got the slow ambush or the fast ambush. The fact that these are ambushes, not just kind of happenstance that, that you know, an ambush means that they're, that the Thargoids are planning this out. And, and exactly. So, I mean, that, yeah. that to me was a little telling too. That is implied more than a beach jill intelligence. That is a, an advanced intelligence <laughs> to work up tactics like that. That's a Teflon bot type intelligence right there. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play with the Teflon bot more when he comes back. If he makes uh-huh. it back. He better he, make it back. Also, well, I mean, he's insured, so. Yeah. Um, Tom also mentioned a bunch of stuff about system state. And I, at the time, I was thinking, oh, geez, I never even think about system state. But um, mostly what we're talking about is like invasion versus alert and stuff like that. Yeah. I, when he said it, when I was watching it, I was thinking about like regular BGS states. Um, but obviously those kind of get overridden. Um, yeah, it's all war but, states. But still, like, yeah, it, it changes It changes how the NPCs behave and changes what kinds of <clears throat> signals and scenarios pop up. They all still do have um, threat levels. Um, the fact that they're, like, I was trying to, the other night when we're playing, I'm, I find myself trying to establish, like, what's going to be in a threat 8 AX weapon fire. Um, but now I need to, I realize, like, it's I'm, random. I'm, not consider me corrected. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's random and it's probably tilted. Hopefully, yeah. based on the threat level, but it's I'm I'm not going to be looking for things to be the same each time, and and I need to I need to relax about See, that. I, so I, it should be tilted a little bit by like the the rank of the pilot. I wonder if it is at all. You know, like with a bunch of hmm. you know people who've got a gazillion Thargoid kills, it should be maybe tilted a little more on the difficult side, maybe, you know, I don't know. Do they do that? Do they do that for NPCs or is it, I thought, I always thought it was more to do with the mission difficulty. The threat level on the mission will d- determine kind of, are you going to see elite anacondas coming after you or is it going to be? I've heard enough know, random shit smaller. over the years that all of it <laughs> seems to be anecdotal anyway. So I don't know what they officially do or don't do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because think when you're, I mean, it, 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 yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the particular pilot, you know, other than difficulty of missions or if you're in a has res as opposed to a, you know, low sec, you know, resource right. thing, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to, we'll, I'll, I'll play and do a stream tomorrow and I don't know, I'll, I'll make no plans. Um, I'm going to try to embrace the new... The, the new way of thinking about it and the new happier me hopefully will result from that. See, I think one thing about with our, and I, I hate to say it, this isn't like a narcissistic or a conceited thing. We we kind of play at a different level because we play this we game ass, so much. Jake. Yeah, we, we, we've forgotten what it's like to be new to stuff. <laughs> but but being at the level that we are on in AX Combat and just in, in piloting in this game overall... I think that we could learn a lot in an evening just dropping into different ones and, and trying to pay attention to how things occur over the course. Because yeah. if a few Cyclops drop in, we can just murder and then continue to look at what items are in the instance, you know, what comes mm-hmm. in after. And, you know, we could learn a lot because the Thargoids themselves aren't going to really get us all sudden like, oh, shit, two Medusas, run away. No, we're going to be like, jackpot, two Medusas, and two murder Medusas. them real quick, you know? So... I- I've often ignored the the stuff that's in the debris field. Page I just zero looked around attention. like, uh, yep. come on. Yep. Where are they? Where's exactly. the ambush? Come on. And apparently you, know? you grabbed one random item in there it. and we could have triggered it. And who knows? Maybe what you grab triggers what comes in. We have no idea. We don't. We don't. And we could play around with that, grabbing the higher value stuff yeah. maybe. or Because usually there's like a sensor in there or something. Um, there's usually a few materials, which I have bothered with on occasion. Yeah, but I'm like maxed and, out on all the materials. So it's a matter of grabbing whatever commodity yeah. bullshit is floating around. But now I'm going <laughs> to want to carry a now collector I'm limpet. A cargo rack. <laughs> I'm going to carry a collector. I'm going to put a collector limpet on my ship. It's not like. I die, so I can get rid of an armor, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And just collect shit, you know? I don't know. I, yeah. there, there's there's, there's all some possibilities. I'm, after watching that, I, I'm kind of excited to get out there and, and play around with it. So if you're on tomorrow night and I'm home in time, I'm going to hop in with you. Most definitely. Uh, Prax is like, plan. we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> to the Thargoids, we are. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're scared. <laughs> they run scared. If only. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, well, I think every. I mean, don't take our word for it. I think everybody should go and watch this segment. Um, I I will. I didn't put the link in the show notes yet. I'll make sure to do that when I post the episode to the YouTube replay. Um, it's I for me. It was one of the most. I I like their dev interviews all the time anyway. But this was one of the most important ones for me. It was eye opening uh, for me. And just I totally really, changed my frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it too. It's uh, nice to get to peek behind the curtain stuff, and uh, uh, it does kind of change the perspective on things. I had to get woken up out of this. I, 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 I don't know if I was gamifying it too much, or if I wasn't gamifying the game enough, or something. But like, it was, it was too much of a like trying to achieve the min max, yes. and. Um, you need to just try to enjoy the game. I love, uh, you know, shipbuilding. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play around with things and do all kinds of min maxing and decide when not to. And I love shipbuilding. I love engineering. I love all that minutia. And then when it comes to this, the perspective of of it's a it's a random table and it's supposed to be, but it all still counts. Mm-hmm. Even the random nonsense like repairing other NPC ships or protecting them until they get away counts for the war. Yeah. Like, and and now and and that same frame of mind, like two weeks ago, I'd have been like, "But how much? Why aren't they telling us which things have <laughs> uh-huh. one point and which things are two points?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I was I was I was hurting myself." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was I I felt no direction in the game. I was playing, and I think about it. Okay, I want to complete these missions. Why? To get some engineering mats and and lots of piles of credits. And I don't know, I got fifty billion credits, and I've got enough engineering mats to engineer like ten ships tomorrow if I wanted to. Yeah. All the grade five. Why, why do I care about any of that? As I've said about this game, I just love to go fly my ship. So now I can just go fly my ship. I got to quit thinking about that side of it and just start having fun again. Right. Right. So. Cool. All right. Is your wife home? That's what I got. Yes. Okay. And if you don't mind, I will. I will dash and let you guys finish up. Yeah, we'll finish up. We just got a couple little things. I think he's got a cheese here that every time I look at it, I think it says bukkake, but that's not what it says. So, all right. It's not, it's not what it says. No. Okay. It's, it's okay. not what it says. I, I gotta check my glasses, but it's even the color. All right. Right. All right. All right. You go have fun with your wife. Thanks you for coming in, man. On. Good chat. All right. Yeah. Yes. Talk, thanks for okay. coming in. See you tomorrow. Bye. Yep. Special right. guest, Jay and Tracks, everyone. Woo-hoo! Um, all right, so... I don't have an applause sound. That's all that covered. Yeah, we can just go, woohoo! Uh, that was nice of him to come on the week that he takes off from this show, just to get that discussion in and to save it from just being me and you again. That's always right. a plus. Um, I don't know, do you want to cover your, your cheese? And, sure. And then we'll get that. Well, we'll put a fork in this thing or whatever you do. <laughs> Something like that. All right. So uh, the cheese for this week is one that I am familiar with, Becca. So I have uh, Swiss uh, ancestry. And uh, my, my grandmother uh, was very into genealogy. And I remember being a teenager and we drove to Bern, Indiana. Uh because she was checking some back records from when family came over from Switzerland. Okay. Um, and while we were there, uh, we went and toured a cheese factory. And one of the cheeses we bought, I really, I really liked. And I, uh, so I chose that one for this week's cheese. It is called, uh, uh, Um, uh, it's German, uh, but it's also, uh, but that means butter cheese. Uh, it's a semi-soft cheese with a golden natural rind. It's very popular in Germany and Austria for its creamy texture and buttery-like taste. Uh, so, as I said, it, it literally translates to butter cheese. Uh, but the I cheese like is actually I like cheese. It, perfect. The, the cheese is actually butter-free. Actually, wait, what? Yeah. All right. Uh, but. Uh, since you know it can be sliced or spread or melted, it makes a perfect like. Uh, table cheese for like cheese and crackers or um, just snacking on cheese. Uh, just and apparently it's very good with a glass of, of beer. 
Well, what it, what isn't? <laughs> um, all right. Well, then uh, movie anniversaries. We had jack shit this week, but Wintermute brought up one. Um, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, Pink Floyd, fifty years old. Um, that's not a movie. That's an album. That's an album. Um, great. There is a Dark Side great, of the Moon movie, great. but it's yeah. very bad. Yeah, you mentioned that to me earlier. This album I, is I, very good. Yeah, we don't need another recap of that movie. But the, actually, we might. No, no. Let's move along. Um, this, this. Uh, I, I, two things about Pink Floyd. A first, David Braben apparently is a huge Pink Floyd fan, and there's. I wish I knew the YouTuber who's got this whole tinfoil hat theory about all the secrets in Elite Dangerous are tied. to... Uh, Pink Floyd. If anybody knows what that is, mention that in chick chat for me because I'd like to go watch those uh, sometime because those those are interesting. And if you Pink ever Floyd, read Ready Player One, there's a lot of secrets in um, the Oasis that's tied to Rush. Uh, huh. All right. Did you ever read that book? Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Um, oh well. Yeah. He has like the in that book the. The programmer dude who's who put like down the nails. Pert. I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the band Rush. Yeah, I know. Where'd you go? I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you I just mean, got quiet. Oh, you got quiet after you yelled no, at me you for did. Rush. <laughs> no, you did. I mean, it, can we, we just do that for move, like a half an hour? No, you. Let's, did. Well, let's move on. Let's because I could talk. I could talk about Rush for a half hour. I love Rush. Really, and I'm not a huge yeah. Rush guy. I'm a big fan of Rush. I think Neil Peart is one of the most uh, lyrical drummers I have ever heard. Oh well, yeah, he's, if not most people like the, have him in the top five of all time, don't they? His his drum line was like so complex sometimes, and so um, just harmonic. It was. Um, or melodic, it was just um, crazy. And if you ever seen um, what his drum setup looked like live, like it even it just adds to it because he had drums all around him, like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Every everybody knows who he is. Anybody who has ever been in any kind of rock music, you know, ever, well, know who who Rush is and Pert himself. You know, he's he's a legend. Not to mention, um, Getty Lee has such a distinct singing voice yeah, that really yeah, he does. stands out. You know when you're listening to Rush. And then um, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his first name, but Lifeson, Alex Lifeson, that's what it is. Um, he is a fantastic guitarist. Um, right up there with uh, some of the greatest guitarists. Yeah, ever. you can He's put Rush in your wonderful. pipe and smoke it. I, I'll I'll take my Pink Floyd. I'll, I'll take Pink twenty. Floyd I, I like Pink Floyd day. too. Yeah. I love Pink Floyd. I don't I don't hate Pink Floyd. I love Pink Floyd. Yeah, I saw Pink Floyd live in the summer of 1992 at the Metrodome in Minneapolis. So that was probably the best concert I ever went to. That was freaking insane. So, yeah, I got to see, I once got to see Kiss on one of their uh, farewell tours. You know, one of the one of the many farewell tours that yeah, they did. The sixteen or seventeen that they did over yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, they did it with costumes and everything. And then uh, it was sometime after the Psycho Circus came out. Um, I've seen I've seen more John. I've been to more John Mellencamp concerts than I can than I can count. Wow, I've I, I've never seen him live. My dad has always been a huge John Mellencamp fan. And so like he would always get tickets to see John Mellencamp and I would always be going too. So. so I think band I've seen live the most, I think I saw Metallica like six times. So that, that shows the direction. My, my musical tastes uh, leaned back in the day. After I graduated high school and before I left for boot camp, I got to see, it was the only time I had ever seen, because uh, I used to watch Lincoln Park's uh, tour dates. Okay. And um, there was only one show that they, because they never, they never came to Indiana. And I was like, man, I wish they'd come to Indiana. And then there was one show that the radio station I listened to at the time uh, they put on and Lincoln Park was the headline. So I bought tickets as like, you know, my birthday present to myself right before I left for boot camp. And I got to see Lincoln Park live, uh, which is such a great memory for me now because uh, Chester is not with us anymore. Hmm. I don't know enough about Lincoln Park to know what that means. 
That's okay. That's okay. They were right. they were uh they were a big part of my musical taste when I was uh, a teenager. Okay. And uh that you know, they, just yeah. like I'm sure there are, you have your you have ones who are a big part of your are they musical the taste when you were a music band and all their music uh, yeah, in the Transformers movies. On. Okay. They did later on and like they did a lot of uh really cool stuff and like changed a lot of their sound over time to do different and experiment with different things. And that's one of the things I really liked about him. Okay. So cool. my, my favorite album of theirs, Meteora just had its like 20 year anniversary. Yeah. You're young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, Nurgle's not here. So I'm like way, way the well, old man here now. This is not cool. Nur- I wish Nurgle was here because according to my history calendar on this day, he was February born the 27th in 1827. Oh, his birthday. Mardi Gras is celebrated for the first time in New Orleans. Oh, man. We got to save that for next week. <laughs> he should be back Initiated next week, by a right? Group of students. How long does Mardi I, Gras I go? No I, I have no idea. I, I, I know nothing. So, okay. Well, I dashed home, got home late, shoved food in my face, watched the Kewl. Uh, interview thing and then we started the show and uh, it's it's getting late and I should probably go visit with my family a bit before bed so I think we should uh, put a fork in this but this is what I want to say to you guys I, I think we know how to get people into the show during the show if you want to be on the show every other week the week that like I'm hosting because we always seem to be shorthanded if you're hanging out in general chat it's going to be uh, you're just going to be free for the plucking for me to bring you onto the stinking show. So I, I'm just going to say that right now. If you want a chance to be on the show every other week from this week, if you're sitting in general chat, there's a chance I could just drag you in here and make you uh, join this nonsense. You're forced you to be on the show. Yeah, I will make you. You don't have a choice. There's no waivers to sign, nothing. You're just going to be on the show. So, oh, and Heidi Breezy came back. He's been away for a while. He he made an appearance back yesterday, and he's been showing up in voice chat. I see. Sorry, I haven't had a chance to hop in and play with you, uh, Breezy. I just I haven't had the time. So that's yeah, all I, mean, I got. I've been busy as well, so I get it. You want to do the robot outro, and then we'll like, call I, I the can't show? do the robot outro because the robot is on the Tin Hattie Express. Oh, okay. Then I'll just uh, go like this. Go to patreon.com, loose screws, and Here, wait, 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 donate, wait, wait. and Here, wait I'll do for, it. I'll do it. In, wait for Teflon. I'll do it in old radio voice. How's Let that? Him do it in old radio y voicey. You see? You could do it. Show, please rate and review on your podcast player, which helps people find the show. Join us on Discord at discord.io. Dot loose, slash loose screws. And check out the merch store at loosescrewsed.com for mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash loosescrewsed. Thank you for listening. Fantastic. Uh, that's all we got tonight. I'm going to hit stop, so say bye, Teflon. Bye, Teflon. So long, Teflon. <laughs> <laughs>